Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to look at a number of interesting uh, developments uh, and statistics. Uh, one dealing with the major increase in those choosing to homeschool and whether or not it's going to remain or possibly decrease. Uh, we're also going to talk about some exciting things being done. We're going to talk about these along with some interesting case matters. And to help me do that today, we have with us here constitutional law attorney uh, Michael Peffer, who also heads up the Southern California office for the Pacific Justice Institute. That's just one of uh, some 20 plus offices we have all across the United States. It's amazing. Serving everyone from Miami to yeah. Boston, from Seattle to Southern California, many, many places in between. I think when I first started here, we had like three or four offices. And now we have offices all over the country. It's actually very amazing. And we've gotten some really, really strong Christian attorneys who really want to further the cause of the gospel. And we're very blessed by that. Yeah, it's, um, it is very encouraging. We have a lot of challenges. Our cases are exploding, That's but right. it is very encouraging to see all those people and now um, getting help through offices that are located in their own city or state right. all across the country. So uh, now I understand, <laughs> speaking of states across the country, uh, Kansas, pretty much the dead center of the United States. Uh, they have a, a Democrat governor, yes. uh, Laura Kelly, and she decided to veto a ban on transgender athletes competing uh, with the opposite biological sex. Specifically, the legislation, I understand, would have said, look, biological males, you can't go and compete against females. That's right. Simply because you have a, a dysphoria and think of yourself as a female. Uh, I thought it was a very rational, reasonable parents, you know, bill of rights. Uh, yes. But no, she she vetoed it. What happened here? Why'd she veto it? Yeah, just just to be clear, we have two bills here. One was the, let's let's let women participate against women, as you said. The other one was let's uh, allow parents to challenge the classroom curriculum, which we say is so necessary. To, if you're gonna, if you must keep your kids in a public school, you got to be on top of what's in the curriculum because it's very dangerous. Well, it's very very dangerous, especially uh, to in uh, today and. What we're dealing with so so kansas is pretty much a red state yeah. uh the people who the, the, the legislators there conservative pro pro parents rights pro family etc and this first term democrat governor laura kelly uh, she went ahead and vetoed uh this this legislation that would have actually protected young girls women uh <clears throat> from having to compete in a female sport a female league with a biological male yeah I, I i just have a hard time getting this i mean this kelly she must be really just totally uh surrendered to the the radical lgbtq yeah for her to go so divergent <laughs> from the uh, you know obvious majority of the people of kansas that want biological males competing with biological males and biological females competing with biological females that's yeah. it's only fair but uh, she is uh, this is just goes against reason and, and rationalization as far as I'm sure the average uh, person in Kansas thinks. I agree. And the reason why we and we've talked about this, the reason why we bring this up so much, this is a war. 
This is a war. And we are the United States of America is either going to capitulate to this small group of left wingers who want transgenders to invade women's sports, or they're going to go with the, what has always been the way to go, the way God wants it to be. Uh, the, the, there is only male or female. And then we're going to be able to have peace and order, and women are going to be able to com- con- continue to benefit from sports. Yeah. That's that's really – there's no w- two ways about it. It's either that way or this way. And, and apparently mm-hmm. – I mean, this is just an indicator, I think, also of how total – uh, totally surrendered the Democrat Party has become to this radical really LGBTQ agenda in the fact that you have a governor of a state like Kansas, even she as a Democrat is beholden to this radical LGBTQ agenda right. at the expense of science, medicine, statistics, uh, concepts of basic concepts of of equal rights and opportunity for women. That's right. It's, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. It's totally mind boggling. I frankly would not be surprised if she was a one-term governor because of that. And then also the Parents' Bill of Rights. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, Is that something that she's also against? Yep. The Parents' Bill of Rights. She's against parents' rights? That's right. And and that's another thing that I cannot imagine why the left has glommed onto this concept that, hey, parents don't have anything to say about their children's education. Again, we've talked about this a lot of times. For decades, the schools were saying parents need to be more involved. Now they're saying, get out of here because we want to indoctrinate your kids. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Is yeah. They want to indoctrinate the kids. They don't want the parents to hear the abuse that children are undergoing from what they're hearing and the sex talk. It's, it's as you've talked about, spiritual genocide, what is happening yes. to children in the public schools. Yeah, clearly spiritual genocide. And uh, I know that we at Pacific Justice Institute have been very sensitive about this. In fact, we have a number of great resources That's right. uh, on our website. One that is, uh, is, is the, the opt-out form that's been customized for all 50 states, including Kansas. Yes. And we've looked at the laws in each state and then customized a parental opt-out form that gives the maximum protection under the law of, of the parents of that state. Yeah. Uh, to the parents and all the parents need to do they just go to our website pji.org they download it and uh, they fill it out and uh, they put it on file with the school district and it gives a a, a much greater protection for for parents Uh, we also have some interesting material dealing with our uh very explicit eye-opening video sex ed video called s-e-x-x-x ed let parents uh decide yeah this is a major video that I think would uh, wake up a lot of parents as to how dangerous government schools have become throughout America, including places even like Kansas, where you have, uh, you know, the majority of a state might be red, but you have, you know, the city like Kansas City itself uh, dominated by blue, dominated by radicals who support the LGBTQ cause and, and radical immoral indoctrination of our children. Yeah, we've we've come to this point, and that's why this video is so important. Parents need to see this. They need to see it with their own eyes, that this is garbage that's being poured down their children's throat. And, And somehow the left has become, if it doesn't fit into the rubric of protecting, um, uh, you know, homosexual rights or transgender rights, then it's not important to the left. Where are we? Where are there? Why aren't we standing up for children, protecting children, and saying, "Hey, they are valuable. 
resources that we we don't want to blast them out of the pocket at kindergarten. And in fact, we know that uh, gender identity dysphoria is not biological. Yeah. I mean, it's not like someone's it's in their genes. Um, it is the result of social environmental factors and influence. Yes. And that is why the Democrats and their liberal school boards and le legislators are pushing this agenda all the way down to the kindergarten level to influence these children. They won't say it, yeah. but the net result of it is when you have telling little children, hey, you, if you're a boy, you can be a girl. That's if you're right. a girl, you can be a boy. Telling little children this, they're implanting doubts and confusion and environmental influences that have will have that output. That's right. Uh, children who are adopted and do, let's say, say openly practicing gay gay families, gay couples, um, children who are adopted into those families have no biological uh, connection with those families. Yeah, are much mm -hmm. more likely to be practicing homosexuals. Yeah. Why? Because of the environmental social influence. Yes, that's a fact. That's from the University of Texas. Uh, psychological study. It was peer-reviewed, validated completely. Yes. So that's why protecting children from these social environmental influences is so important. And apparently, Governor Laura Kelly is totally beholden to the radical LGBTQ left. Mm -hmm. She wants these little children apparently exposed to this uh, outrageous material. She's against the Parental Bill of Rights. Shame on her. And Absolutely. I hope everyone in Kansas who values children and parental rights makes it loud and clear uh, in the next election, the midterm election, and also uh, when she's up on the ballot to let their voices be heard. That's right. Yeah. In fact, I understand that she is up for re-election uh, re this November. So get 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 registered, really? folks in Kansas, and get moving on this because she's got to go. She, yeah. She and must go. And pastors, I just want to talk to pastors out there. Uh, don't be silent. The welfare of your congregation is on the line. You know, you say you love and care for the children in your church, and yet you're silent about politicians, legislators uh, being elected that want to kill, spiritually kill and destroy those children in the government schools. Uh, this is the time to be active. This is the time for the love of Christ to shine and not complacency. That's right. Uh, we, complacency is, is, is becoming fatal to the survival of the church, especially in the United States, where those attending church and those professing Christ are in a sharp decline. That's right. And this is not the time for the just the, you know, keeping things the same. Now is the time for the love of Christ to compel us to sacrifice and to take action. And this midterm is one of those things we we need to to take action on. It's not going to electing legislators isn't not going to save America, uh, but it's a piece of the pie of living out the love of Christ. Yeah. And there's a penalty we pay when we don't fully live out the love of Christ as believers. Yeah. And one of those penalties is oppression. Uh, and through through those who are elected to government, that's right. It's that simple. And, and in fact, we've opened recently opened up a, a new office. It's going to center really just on that, getting pastors information, helping them do what they need to do. Let, let's talk about that. Yes, uh, Peter Mord, who's uh, the pastor of a church in uh, Palmdale. He's also a full time pastor liaison for the Pacific Justice Institute. Yes. So he set up this new office. It's called the PJI. Church Engagement Office. Yes. And what they're doing, I say there because he also has a full-time assistant. You know, Jonathan's doing a great job. Uh, and then he also has a lot of volunteers yeah. uh, coming on board. And they're contacting pastors, equipping pastors with information on how they can impact their community, how they can legally 
uh, and let their voice be heard this upcoming election and in future elections, how they can do voter registration Sundays. Yes. We've helped hundreds mm. of churches do this already. It's expanding at a very fast clip. So uh, we're here to empower the churches, and that's what this, this office is about, and also to give them resources to enable them to do uh, many, many things that in the past they never thought they could do. Like, well, for example, uh, you know, church homeschool co-ops. Right. This is a great opportunity that exists uh, for them to be able to have a, a real impact, uh, church homeschool co-ops. And uh, in fact, uh, I understand that uh, we've seen some statistics that show that uh, homeschooling is actually increasing and it may actually remain increased. Let's talk yeah. about what the studies show about that, which yeah, I think is really encouraging for, for churches to step up and start church homeschool co-ops, which we have all information online and also Peter can provide them information about. Absolutely. I wonder if people can contact our 71541, our new text message. They could text to 71541 and get more information on any of these things that we're talking about here at PJI. So they just text PJI yes. to 71541. So it's a 71-year-old man having lunch with a 54-year-old woman. That's right. And there's a one-year-old in the high chair. That's right. 71, 54, one. Uh, it works for me. So <laughs> I will never forget that now in my head. Uh, 71, 54, one. They just simply email, they just simply text, excuse me, text PJI to that number. Boom. And then they have access to our information and yeah. resources. That's thank you for Absolutely. mentioning that. Yeah. So homeschooling is surging. Um, what, what's uh, How much is it surging? What, what do we know in the way of statistics and numbers? Well, one thing that we have seen and celebrated is the fact that during this pandemic, when the Nazis were out protect, you know, protecting us against ourselves, wearing, making kids wear masks, and really pushing them to get vaccinated even in yeah. some places. But uh, during that time, parents began to wisen up and they started to say, you know what? I'm not going to send my kid there anymore. And they went to homeschooling at and, and in, during the 2020 uh, 2021 school year, it in, homeschooling students increased by 63 percent, probably the, the in one year in, in one year. They increased 63 percent. Now, that was in 2021 yeah. school year. Um, what about 2021 and 2022? That's when schools where all of the country were opened up. Yeah. Did they all go back to public schools? No, thank God they didn't. Uh, it, 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 can, it fell a little bit. It wasn't as, as robust as it has been, but it's still a set, it fell about uh, 17%. So, you know, we're, we're still talking, uh, you know, a, a, a nearly 50% rise in homeschooling, even during the 2021, 2022 school year. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're still looking at a huge increase right. in those who are now yeah. homeschooling. I think that number is actually going to start, is going to go up yeah. again, even more, uh, particularly as we have uh, states like blue states like California, New York and others zealously attempting to, to push things on families, push children, for example, to be vaccinated as a, ma as a mandate, even for private schools. Yeah. They were doing this. That uh, legislation pending in, in California, for example, is SB 871, uh, our office out of Sacramento, California, where the state capital is. They weighed in on some well-written legal uh, analysis. Uh, Matt McReynolds did a great job on this. Yes. Uh, my understanding is that the state uh, legislators have now backed off on this, yeah. pulled it from 
uh, the pending bills. That's right. So we're seeing progress, even in blue states, when we step up with well-drafted legal documents, legal analysis, showing them that if they adopt this, um, it's they're going to be facing lawsuits from the Pacific Justice Institute. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and I think we, we have a reputation now that legislators are taking it very, very seriously. Yeah, we know that uh, Matt McReynolds, our, our star attorney from Sacramento, he, he writes to the legislature regularly and uh, brilliant letters designed to let these folks know that, hey, as far as our organization and the people that support us, as far as they're, we're concerned, this is disastrous legislation that's going on in California right now. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, I, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, there's still some uh, hideous legislation that's, that's still pending. Uh, we've weighed in on that, multiple bills that that's we've right. weighed in against. And I think that's going to uh, compel um, many people to also reconsider who they're voting for, people yeah. who support parents' rights. How can they elect legislators that are voting for things that are hideous, whether it's infanticide or violating parental rights or violating religious freedom. Uh, I think that we're going to to see uh, many people from both parties making a point to have that as a factor of how they vote yeah. this coming midterm election and also in the, the upcoming primaries as well. And also voting with their feet to, to go outside. We, we have uh, represented homeschools, uh, homeschooling parents for many years. And we've also got a great resource, right, that, that we have the, for homeschool co-ops. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It shows uh, how uh, churches, four different ways, yes. four different models on how they can start church homeschool co-ops. Yes. Doesn't cost them anything. Right. Uh, we make the resources available for free. Uh, we have a, a, a video explaining homes, uh, church homeschool co-ops. It's exploding. And churches that want to grow yeah. are the churches that are doing it because they're reaching out to their community with the love of Christ because they care. Yes. Churches that say, or the pastors say, well, we've never done this before. I don't know. I'm, um, I'm afraid uh, to doing something different. Those are not the churches that are going to grow, nor That's should right. be growing yeah. because they're churches based on fear and complacency and comfort, not on churches based on the love of Christ, willing to reach out and take risks to, to connect with people who need Jesus. Yeah. So the church homeschool co-ops are fantastic. God bless those churches that are taking advantage of these opportunities. And uh, may the Lord convict uh, those that are choosing not to as we move forward. This is an incredible window that God's given us because of the pandemic. Yes. Parents' eyes are wide open. They're discouraged about public schools. They're now emboldened with hey, I don't have to do government schools. Yeah, I can do something else. We did the Zoom. Maybe I can do Zoom with uh, a Christian uh, organization. Maybe I can do something with the church, yeah. a church homeschool co-op. So now's the time to take advantage of that. Once again, they can get that information by simply texting PJI to the number 71541. And, and the important thing with the co-ops is it helps parents who can't say, I can't do a traditional homeschooling where I have to work. So there's ways that they can contribute that is not um, having uh, to, to stay home every day. And, yeah, so and that parents, helps a lot of parents. So parents that are working that's right. can still possibly have their child in a church that's homeschool right. co-op. Yeah. Okay, exactly. that, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's empowering because about half the parents are situations both parents work. Exactly. Uh, or sometimes you have just a single parent and they're working. Now, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis of Florida, uh, he has signed a bill providing $25 million 
to help foster parents. Yes. Why is that significant? Why should people who are pro-family look at this in a positive way? Yeah, you know, there's it, there's often this slander from the left whenever we talk about um, doing away with killing innocent babies in the womb. I, I don't know why that would be, you know, something they have to fight against, but it is. But whenever we talk about it, they say, oh, but what about the families that are already there? Yeah, I agree. There, there are families. There's foster care that can help save kids that have been removed from difficult family situations. Uh -huh. And yeah. I think Governor DeSantis is trying to do a comprehensive um, approach. He has signed a, a bill similar to uh, the Texas bill um, and a Harpy bill. And then so now he is signing this saying, hey, we're going to give money to we're going to infuse money into the foster care system so more parents uh, can take in folks from the outside. So the Florida governor is saying we're pro-life. We've adopted pro-life legislation. Yeah. Protecting the preborn. And for those that are born um, who don't have parents or are born out of wedlock, you know, and yes. there's a need for parents in certain these circumstances. Um, we're going to put money to help those kids, too. Yeah. That's right. Because we truly care about the unborn or the preborn and the born, uh, unlike, you know, oftentimes those from the left who want to kill the preborn and uh, do not want to provide uh, the adequate resources for, for children to have healthy, normal families for children to grow up in who are in, uh, in, in terrible situations. I think this is very important because as we talked about yesterday, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, uh, which I think they will in June, five to four. That's my prediction. We'll see. Uh, with actually maybe six to three with Roberts uh, concurring, not completely. That's my exactly. prediction. So if that happens, uh, we're going to have a decrease in preborn babies that are murdered across the country. We're already seeing it in states like Texas. Over 30,000 sure. preborn babies' lives have already been saved. Over 30,000 are now living, breathing, human, you know, out there. Um, that otherwise would have been murdered, but right. for the actions of the Republicans in the state of Texas to stand up to protect the preborn babies. Um, but as that happens, as more and more abortions are prevented and more and more babies are born, um, a lot of these babies that are conceived um, are, are conceived out of wedlock. And a lot of these babies are going to be born out of wedlock yeah. and to, to single parent mothers. And so we need to be looking ahead, uh, okay, how are we going to deal with these kids that are being born out of wedlock? And a number of things that we've talked about, like talked about yesterday, is one, for example, is giving increased support for foster parents and foster yes. care. Right. Uh, so that women who don't feel that they can really provide for that child, they can, they'll be, they can be confident that there are foster parents out there right. that to love and to embrace these children, and which we know there already are, but that's something to, to continue to do. Another is to go upstream and provide information to these kids in junior high and, te and teenagers. Yes. And uh, not saying that sex is wonderful and here's, you know, go ahead and have premarital sex, which is what the, the, the liberals are, are pushing for. Exactly. Instead saying, you know what, there's consequences. And, and young men, if you get a girl pregnant, um, it's not, it's likely she's not going to have an abortion. You're going to be strapped for the next 18 years to financially provide for that child. Sure. And it's going to come from your paycheck and then adopt laws making it very easy to identify the fathers and to take that money right out of their paychecks. That's right. So that they're held accountable and they have to pay for what they did. Yeah. Consequences. Let them learn consequences. Many of them were raised in families where they didn't know consequences because there was no daddy there to spank That's right. them That's right. or to discipline them. 
I say yeah. spank because that's that's my generation. I understand. And I, I think spanking's still good. I agree. Uh, but anyway, but so yeah. that's um that that's what we need to be working on as a society to save the preborn, but also adopt laws requiring accountability, full information to these to our kids to understand that premarital sex there's consequences in many diff- different dimensions, and one of those is financial. Absolutely. And and we know that that Roe v. Wade and all the cases that came after it have set up a situation where men and women both feel like they can live irresponsibly. And of course, we know it's against the, the plan of God. Uh, marriage is supposed to be the only place for sex uh, that creates a child. Uh, but this has created an irresponsibility. You have fathers who t- have no responsibility for their offspring, and you have mothers who will kill the, the offspring. So between those two things, wow, what, a, what an irresponsibility. It's a set up for irresponsibility. We've got to stand up for it. We've got to continue our work to defend freedom. Order your tickets now for Pacific Justice Institute's 25th anniversary Celebration of Justice Dinner at the historic San Juan Capistrano Mission on Saturday, October 22nd. Join Mike Huckabee and Charlie Kirk at the Mission, an historic landmark and museum and the birthplace of Orange County. Secure your seats and get all the details today at pji.org. Seats sell out fast, so act now and remember the website, pji.org. So, folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.